no, there I am. I'm here. Hold on. Let's let's get everybody else going. This is going to take a moment because apparently OBS did some fun things and default wasn't default enough to default to where we wanted it to be. Welcome, everybody. We are Random Encounter Productions. I'm Cody Stone. With me tonight, we have... Matthew. <clears throat> I'm playing Clever Stitch, the Japaxi Arcane Archer. Pixie, I'm playing Fable Frost, the Ice Genasi Phoenix Soul Sorcerer with a splash of lore bard. Hey, I'm Meg, and I'm playing Kenzie Wild, the Rootinous Tootinous Cowgirl of the West. And I'm Andrew. I'm playing Talon Vale, the Divination Wizard. Hey, well, I'm Divination Wizard. Sorry. And I'm Maz, playing Tower Thokenblade, the Wood Elf Scout, and I had to remember what the hell my accent was for a second. There we go. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Disasters and Danger. It is our D&D 5e high fantasy game. Uh, we are coming to the close probably in the next, uh, I don't know, maybe two months or so. Just just taking a, a random roll of the dice at that. Um, we do have some fun things that we are working on here at the channel. Uh, we're working on some specialty shows for the summer um, that uh, I'm really excited. We've been off for a couple of weeks because of COVID, because of um, MegaCon and, uh, and all of those sorts of things. So uh, myself and Pixie uh, are definitely in the recovery phase. We're like, we're normal. And then you like, no. you go somewhere and you're like, I went to the store today. I tried to, right. today was my first stream back at, like, for myself, and I was only live for an hour and a half before I had to shut down and pass the fuck out. So I was like, oh, well, this sucks. This is awful. Good God. <laughs> yeah, and so, uh, so please be, be patient with us. Be kind. You guys have always been all of those things, and that is one of the reasons that we love and adore you. Um, super glad to have everybody here. Big shout out to our beefling, uh, treasure. Hope you feel better soon. And, um, yeah, that, that's about it. Somebody want to tell us about Norse Foundry? Do I? Uh, Norse Foundry, purveyor of fine dice and dice boxes. Uh, if you go over to door, uh, to Doors Foundry. I want to. Fuck Norse Foundry. If you go to NorseFoundry.com. And use the promo code REPRPG, same as all our socials, you get 15% off your order. They have gemstone dice, metal dice, they work with Elmwood Academy for their dice boxes. They're absolutely wonderful, and we love them. They also make giant chunks. Oh, bam. They're, they're quite excellent. So, NorseFoundry.com, REPRPG for 15% off. Do it. Good times there. Um, we also want to take a quick spin about the table. Guys, if you have anything going on, uh, a lot of our people that hang out here with us at Rep perform elsewhere throughout the, the world and the internet. So give us a moment uh, to sh show them some love. Uh, guys, tell everybody at home where we can find you on the internet. N nowhere. Here. You can find me here. Watch Rep RPG. That was magical. Hi. My own channel. You can click on my name in the ah! um sorry my phone did noises. Uh, you, I'm awake. I'm 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 gonna be great tonight. I'm gonna be the reason we all die. I'm calling it right fucking now. Um I am you can click on my name in the chat because I can't do a shout out for myself. Uh I'm a cozy variety streamer when I can be awake for more than an hour of stream time. 
right, and it's that mayor is Meg, right? Meg's Meg. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I was, I was shouting you out, but I don't type fast. Um, I'm I'm here Twitch uh, with uh, Pearl the Swamp. Also, I'm TikToking at Megan Fenner. So I don't know. Go do that because it. it's fun. Yeah, it oh, is. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I love <laughs> your stuff. So fun. Wait, you follow me on TikTok? Uh, I don't really follow anybody on TikTok, but I see that Sarah does. My wife does. <gasps> oh my god, she follows me on TikTok. I'm oh, pretty right. sure. Oh, oh my god. Okay, whatever. Because cool. I You're get the occasion. celebrity in our group. Are you kidding? If she approves of something, we feel very special. Like. <laughs> well, because she doesn't subscribe to or follow anything I do, so it's well, no. <laughs> I mean, that's even fair. Though. I mean, it's, it's fair. We don't even have to talk about my stuff. Let's. let's uh, I will show everything you do, Andrew. <laughs> you can't stop us. <laughs> uh, no, I'm uh, on my channel. Easy to spell. We are going live with uh, campaign two, the city of Avarice, uh, June 26th. We have a date. Um, our one of our cast, newer cast members, Lucy, has been doing an awesome job on our Twitter. She's been doing lore drops for the upcoming adventure. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. That, and I also just private, like personal stream on my buddy's channel, Forgiven Truth. Just like shouting that out. We've been playing a lot of Sea of Thieves with all the new updates and content and everything. Uh, that's where I'm at. Yeah. And as for me, I. Uh... Yeah, you could also catch me on my on my buddy's stream, uh, Roleplay Games. Usually play with him on Thursday nights, and he does a lot of just fun streams during the week. Once his back is healed up, he will be doing workout streams again, so be sure to make him uh, do squats and push-ups. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, all right, my friends. If there is nothing else... Boy, this is the quietest volcano music ever. Let's just skip past that. Um, if, if there's nothing else, let's dive in to tonight's adventure of Disasters and Danger. Uh, our adventure takes place in the city of Brass, here on the elemental plane of fire. It is a city ruled by cruel jinn and Efreets, uh, specifically. Fireborn elementals of uh, a malicious indifference. A city organized in the most sinister of structures, that of a uh, pyramid scheme, where uh, one uh, owns two slaves and they own two slaves, and so on and so forth. Uh, it is a city that our heroes have ventured to for more personal reasons than uh, perhaps adventures past. It is from here that uh, <clears throat> the source of uh, Fable's bloodline, a uh, phoenix is being held captive and utilized in the production of elemental vessels. It is also here that uh, the absent treasure Nightcrafter is sorting through her family's betrothal to the preeminent uh, forging family uh, originating from uh, from Dispater, 
in the city of Dis, uh, which is one of the nine hells, for those that aren't in the know. Uh, that would be the Duskwoods. And so, for both these reasons, our heroes have come uh, to this very dangerous place. A place where they are valued both for the reputation of their recent deeds, for the magic items that they carry, for the prestige, and for uh, a wide variety of other uses. And so they themselves have found themselves as commodities, as desired um, entities here within the city. You guys have traveled to the Central Market. Uh, you are being escorted by uh, Jealous and his um, other servants that uh, are here to kind of help you uh, keep from being claimed and uh, and dwarf napped and all of those all of those sort of things. Um, I know you guys were looking for some fire resistance items. Um, if you would all roll me a percentile, <coughs> we can sort out if you guys are able to find any of those or not, uh, as as the potential might be. While <coughs> sixty-seven. Mm-hmm. Ah, now to see if it's going to be digital or physical dice that betray me tonight. Mm. Also, as a reminder, uh, Fable would have told everyone, just because Talith wasn't here, um, that uh, we're, as we're trying to stay on his good side, we do not call him jealous. We call him oh, sir. We call him whatever else. Um, we do not call him by his name because he hates it. And we do not know what it is yet. So we are we are being kind and respectful. 59. Physical dice are on my side tonight. 93. Okay. Do you want, I'm not sure. Am I with the group at this point? That's yeah. I know. Okay. Uh, yeah, three. You, you can you can regroup with them. I'm I'm not. Three? Oh, my poor baby. All the three. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, Taylor just catches fire when he steps outside. That could be really good. It could be. We, if we, have we, to... we might want to roll low. <laughs> way if we have to roll low we're covered if we have to roll high we're covered like uh kenzie sorry it's 36 36 okay um all right so you guys are able to find a there is one uh one item one piece that you are able to uh, come up with that is uh, fire resistant. Uh, it is a ring of resistance. Uh, does anybody know the rarity on uh, ring of resistance? It's green. I it's think rare. It's, yeah. It's rare. Okay. Is it being sold to us by a, a half orc with no tusks? Uh, do you want it to be? That was the thing from from season two, from ninety nine, was Travis was constantly trying to get rid of his ring of fire resistance. Oh, was it? I didn't. He just shows up and say, "Brad's like, someone take this motherfucking ring." Yes, I've decided that. Yes, it is. 
Sounds, uh, sounds, yeah, sure. Why not? I don't, that's fine. I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think Ford's doing anything at this point you in his life, here, is he? You're now canon in, in the crit roll universe. I mean, that's, that's the point of the, that's the point of a multiverse, right? Is, uh, yeah. is everybody, everybody gets to bump into each other? And what's, mm-hmm. what's Ford got to do that's so important? Just right? All right, keep going. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, let's see. It is rare. Uh, so they are selling it for uh, twenty for thirty thousand gold pieces. There is a so it is so max price usually on an item of this level you guys would know is about twenty thousand. Uh, but because you are in the elemental plane of fire. Uh, if you're not from here and you didn't bring your own fire resistance, they're uh, they're gonna charge you for it. So fuck them. Maybe maybe we don't <laughs> buy anything. Maybe we just deal. Are there alternatively magic items that get rid of exhaustion? No, no. They're... God, is there just really cold water? Is yeah. there a magical ice somewhere that I don't have to produce? Because oh, I'm worried I'm going to frozen up and be like, there is no water in the air, Bob! Like, I have the decanter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, milkshakes, please. May we ice cream? No. Just, um, oh, God damn it. Can I, uh... Can I try to steal the ring? Yeah. Sure, 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 sure. Can I prep a spell for when we inevitably get attacked? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like you... I would like you to do me a favor. Let me one second. I like humming to music you guys cannot hear. Um, yeah. So. The name of the store is uh, Abet's Magical Arcana. It is in the central district of what is a, um, quasi-underground bazaar. The tops of the buildings sort of form a maze-like walking garden, and there is a um, glass uh, roof-slash-floor that lets in the light of, of a, the sky above. The area beneath it is, in some areas hotter as the glass serves like a a um, greenhouse effect to kind of cook and bake in and it is where uh you see newts and salamanders azers and, and other fire denizens from uh the elemental plane of fire where they would go to spa essentially and um it is it's it's different you guys have seen some newts and fire salamanders uh you know who who are 
aggressive, dim, sort of warlike races and people. Um, but now you're seeing them uh, like with their families um, on on what is a touristy vacation here to the to the big city. Um, you've never seen a salamander wear sandals before, but it it but these do. You know, he's got the flip flops on. Um, yes, Fable. If I die in the plane of this, I'm coming back as one of those. Okay. I'm coming back as a vacationing salamander who just never changes out of the bathhouse wear. That's <laughs> right. I need everyone to know the stakes as far as keeping Fable alive, because I'll come back as a lizard. <laughs> Good. So, so I think our new plan is to kill Fable in her sleep. Yeah, that's what I'm maybe, maybe now you won't be so worried about her plan, because at least if she's <laughs> fucked up, she, you get a salamander friend. And uh, we care about you. There are other portions, however, where the glass serves as a reflection, as uh, it is far more, um, by elemental plane of fire standards, cool, right? We're talking in the 90s instead of the 140s, um, Fahrenheit style. Spoken like a true Floridian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so so it, is, it is cooler. It is more uh, reasonable. Uh, now, Abed's Magical Arcana is relatively central, so you know it is an older establishment. And a lot of these bizarre uh, stalls, you can tell, are more flea market, rent-a-piece, hodgepodge, travel in from a plane, pop up and sell what you can. Um, however, Abed's shop is uh, a two-story um, stone descent into a central cellar. It almost makes up the larger portion of, of this. Uh, you wouldn't call it like a city block, but but a good chunk, right? Um, the shelves uh, and the stairs that lead down are lined with um, potions and uh, spellcasting implements. There are... Um, temperature-controlled uh, spellcasting um, material components uh, just all over over the, the walls uh, leading down the stairs. And uh, the first floor is more um, a couple of display pieces and, and more like work-a-day things. But the downstairs is, is the showroom for the nicer pieces that are that are here. Um, a fair number of potions and other uh, very, I would say, more specialty things. Um, who has gone with Kenzie into this shop? Okay. So only Tauroth. Uh, Tauroth, you're the one that's outside, or or you can go inside if you want. Yeah, I'll probably just window shop a little bit. That does not answer my question of whether that's inside no, or I, outside there. Or no, I, I think my audio didn't kick in before I answered. So yes, and to window shop a little bit in there. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. All I heard was all window shop. I was like, that doesn't. 
That doesn't help me. (laughs) Nope. Yeah, it's just I I forgot I have to hold it down first, give it a couple seconds, and then talk. Yeah, I got you. We're all relearning stuff. I couldn't. We had no audio when we started, so we're all we're all making professional streamers. Yeah, exactly. Um, Did, Did Jealous come in with us, or would he and his servants be waiting outside? Jealous is in there with you. Um, with no, Jealous is going to stay with Treasure wherever Treasure is, and Treasure is currently not with you guys. She had traveled to the market. We know that. Um, but so you all each have your own individual uh, person, and uh, but Jealous is specifically not here um, with you guys. So as you guys are looking over the area. There are some fantastic uh, things that are that are here. Um, there, I mean, I've, I've got two whole massive lists of stuff. Do you guys care about any of that? I like scrolls. Okay. Uh, like you like what? <laughs> he, he, he likes reminded turtles. me of the I like, I like turtles yeah. guy. No, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, that does sound good. Um, do 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 do. I'm double checking. Um, darkness, dissonant whispers. If those interest you, um, spell scrolls there. Um, there is a delay blast fireball. Spell scroll? Yes, very interested. Very interested in that. Okay. Um, that is about it as far as scrolls go. Um, and what was the... Sorry, what was the first one? There was noise behind me and I... Uh, darkness. Oh, darkness. Yeah, the delay. yeah darkness, the dissonant thing. whispers, and... Um, Delay Blast Fireball. So, Delay Blast Fireball is a level 7 spell, so this is going to be a very rare spell scroll. Um, It is going to be low priced because of... um, It's actually... Most people here don't need to, uh, to buy one. Um... So that's going to be uh, 6,000 gold pieces for for that spell scroll. A, a steal by by any standard. Uh, Listen, if we're stealing shit anyway, we can all just start pointing things out to Kenzie. Be like, <clears throat> on the list. What? Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Um, the... Ring of Resistance is at the main counter where some of these smaller items are, sort of uh, jewelry store style. There's the the window um, display, as it were. And one second. Um, but uh, Kenzie, you are there a bet is the purveyor of the store. Um, she is a um, 
older humanoid. Uh, she looks like she is um, elemental descendant of of some kind. Not quite Genasi, not quite Jean. Um, she reminds you a bit of Azers. Uh, if an Azer was an elf, Azers are the dwarves that are basically stone with like fire beards. Um, so she has fire hair, uh, and she has stone like skin. It's a little more porcelain in, um, in than like hard looking stone. Like it looks very polished, very smooth. Um, and so, and, and she is humanoid. She is about your height. Uh, she's five tenish. um, her hair sort of washes back and forth and, and sweeps with her. Uh, the other, th like, since you guys are there, uh, if anybody trained in Arcana can make a, yeah, go ahead and make a um, Arcane. I raised my fucking check. hand. I was so excited. 22! Same, 22. Nice. Yay! Twins. Okay, sounds good good um so clever stitch you unfortunately are not uh you don't pick it up nope. but for the other two of you you know that there are some when you want to enchant an item or a place um for instance making uh like a grove or uh sanctifying a place basically casting the same spell in the same place or on the same object for a year is is a tried and true way of inundating a non-magical place with a magic right um it looks in part as though she has inundated her skin with uh with the stone skin spell so she, so you would know she could at least cast Stone Skin, um, and she is dedicated enough to have cast it for a year, and is a uh, probably you get the idea of, of wizards are usually the ones who are um, like super preparatory people. They're like I'm. All right, I got I got a lifetime. I'm gonna cast this spell every day. Like I got nothing else to do. Right, so just a little bit of insight in into her, and uh, and what she is like. You're not sure what's causing her her fire hair, or anything along uh, along those lines. But um, so Kenzie, you are there. You uh, yeah. there's a a rack of rings. Um, most of them are non magical. There's a there's some very fine diamonds and jewels, mostly component pieces, uh, but you do see in there the Ring of Resistance. And um, what would you like to say to her? Yeah, um, lovely, lovely story you got. Uh, um, a bet, is it? It is, yes. Wonderful. Uh, do you mind if I, if I take a look at that uh, Ring of Resistance right there? Oh, of course. Yeah, wow. and she's, she's going to take her, um, her gloves off. Mm -hmm. And uh, as she does, she has rings on under the gloves. Mm -hmm. She's taking one of them off with the glove and just holding it in her hand. 
Okay. Are, is there a ring on all the other fi- on all your other fingers? She has two rings, mm-hmm. and now I have to figure out where the others are. <laughs> yeah, she's got. We'll say she's got them both on the one hand. So there's a yeah. So she's just taking one ring off, and the this ring is still there. That ring is still there. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Uh, yeah, it's. It's a little more distinct if you've got, like, I've got a ring on every single finger, and then I don't have it on one. one. Uh, right, yeah. yeah. That That's what that's what I was trying... Th- that would stand out enough for, for her passive perception to be like, oh, that's a little weird. Um, but as it is, not a big deal. She, she pulls out the, 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 you know, jeweler's rack of rings, mm-hmm. and she gets out uh, a very fine cloth, and there's a little, like, jeweler's eyeglass... Uh, that she's she sets out for you and and um, sort of uh, mage hand so that she's not putting fingerprints or anything like that on it. Uh, mage hands it up and uh, and aloft for you to um, look at, inspect. Yeah, then she's gonna go ahead and with the she's she's gonna grab it with the glove. Okay. Yeah. That she took off to sort of like, so she doesn't leave fingerprints? Yeah. So, oh. Well, that's excellent. How much are you asking for this? Oh, that one is actually very valuable, especially given the city that it is in. Um, I'm going to have to put the price up around 30,000 gold pieces. Oh, my. Don't think you can, uh, you know, maybe kick that down a little bit. Well, I suppose if we were doing extensive business or... If there was reputation to be gained out of it, then uh, well, I mean we're we're rolling with the uh, future bride of the Duskwoods, so oh really, uh, the future bride of the Duskwoods, you say? Yeah, and that is a um, city event that you're going to be sticking around for. Yeah, I'm the flower girl. I apologize. I haven't seen flowers in many a century. Um, we, they are still the same, right? They're very, like, dainty, small. Uh, they can be. Depends on, on the flower. I've seen some with petals, you know, bigger than, than my... <laughs> right? Right. Oh, uh, well, all right. That can be, um, it's very interesting. Um, well, if the Duskwoods were, were involved or wanted to extend some sort of um, stronger relationship, that is something that could potentially uh, hold value beyond the traditional monetary price. Like, how much? Well, it depends on, on what we're talking. If you're asking me to furnish the um, bridal uh, group, excuse me, I don't, that's Cody blanking, party. party, thank you. Bridal party, bridal party yeah. Yeah, uh, if you're asking me to furnish the bridal party with um, some series of 
magical accoutrement or uh, jewelry, then that could, I would say, lead to uh, make a persuasion check for me. Who's just stolen it? Oh, fuck my dick. Yeah, that's a four. Uh, say you 5% off? How about this? How about you be my plus one, and then I'll introduce you to him? Well, that's less enticing. No offense. Yeah, that's fair. They're kind of assholes. Uh, you all are hearing this. If anybody wants to help Kenzie out, you're welcome to. Nope. I've made my way over to where the like spell components are and are trying to find like a nice crystal ball, something worth about a thousand gold for scrying. Okay. Um, yeah, a, yeah, you can find a, um, a crystal ball for like a, yeah, a thousand, thousand gold piece crystal, crystal ball. Um, specifically for that, um, double checking if there's anything that might be more uh, useful in that regard. That I know this this shop is stocked you know, with. Um, know. Nope, you're good. Thank you, uh, all the same. But I think I'm gonna go ahead and uh, take a take a pass on it, and um, I'm gonna try to hand her back the ring that's in that I took off that's in my glove. Okay. So do like a swap and hand her the other one and fold the resistance ring in my glove. Okay. Um, I would... Is anyone or anything... They The rings do not look the same. A, a fire... A ring of resistance is, has, a, has a very specific sort of ruby to it. Um, I would like to make a like a perception check or something to see if I can figure out what her plan is here. Giving insight. Can I insight? Uh, I, I'll, I'll go ahead and get, I'll just give it to you that, that okay, you, good. Amazing. That you understand um, what she, that <laughs> whoever is here and does magic understands okay. what she's trying to do. If I, then say, I, I realize they're different looking. I'm not just giving her a random ring. It's one of my attunements. Okay. So it does have some zhuzh to it. That's good. Okay. What, what ring is it? It's my ring of evasion. Your ring of evasion. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I am going to, uh, in a moment of childlike enthusiasm, uh, I would like to run over and um, show her something, like a cool magic potion or something, and I would like to accidentally, I'd like to pull the bump into her and everything falls. So we can maybe press to digitate the false ring before it gets sent back. Okay. Into the into the into the kerfuffle. I would I would like to pull that if if possible. Okay. Go for it. I'd like to try. Yeah. If she if she bumps into me, can I use it as advantage for a sleight of hand? Sure. Great, amazing. Uh, performance check. I'm I'm faking this out my ass. Sure. Great, amazing. That is a twenty three on performance. Okay. Because I have a plus 13 on performance checks. That was not a good roll, but I have very high performance skills. Okay. Uh, 20, 21 slide hand. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, the, 
it happens exactly as you say. Um, the ring goes back into the case, and she she sort of sets it back down underneath. Um, what would you guys like to do? She's, she hasn't said or, or noted anything. Um, she checks on Fable. Huh? I'm so sorry, it's a lovely store. I just get, I get eager about fun, interesting, magical things. Do, look at the way this potion swirls. By the way, do you see it's it's enchanting, isn't it? Like I don't know what I picked up, but sure. it's no, something it's... sparkly. Like she absolutely goes full squirrel brain on yes. purpose. It's sure, really roll, roll me a d twenty. She'll look oh, at a bet. She'll look at a bet and be like, "Kids, am I right? I'm so sorry she's, about this." She's the special one. It's fine. Roll mm-hmm. a four. A four. Okay. It's um, probably like a base healing potion or some shit. She's like, yes, honey. It's just water. It's actually a decanter of wine. It's not potion at all. Uh, so actually, you you sort of look over it, and she's like, oh, that's very expensive. We should oh, just sorry. go ahead and put that away. I'm so sorry. Um, no, you're not a problem. Uh. I appreciate it. Is is there any other business I could help you all with? Um, this, please. Uh, I'll buy the... Stop me when I hit the size of the thousand dollars. It's it's a little more fist-sized. Okay. <laughs> this? Really? Really? No, I'm going to start over. It can't be that big. Oh so. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, the scrying orbs are... Um, they're more the size of, um, like a softball is, is about the size of it. Um, you know, crystal clear, beautiful. Um, and, and that is just to like base use this, the scrying spell, correct? Yeah. That's, it's just the yeah. material component. So, you know, that, um, spell casting orbs, that are for you're a divination wizard. You are familiar with with them. The larger variety of them, um, they don't get much bigger than than about a softball, uh, but they do get smaller. They those are more like the um, uh, like labyrinth um, juggling orbs or uh, the like been uh, the the muscle balls that the metal ones with bells in them that people sort of sort of manipulate and things like that. Those smaller ones are more for active spellcasters, right? Um, that are running, jumping, climbing trees. Okay. So it's all count out a hundred platinum. Just stack that up. Nice even stacks of ten. Okay. Yeah, sounds sounds. Again, good. I said it before. Fable was not into him for the money, but this is amazing. <laughs> Kenzie might be shit. <laughs> Better up your game. Listen, listen. If you want to win your bet, you got to give me at least twenty more hours. hours. <laughs> Thank you very much. Of course. Um, 
so yeah, there there is that. Uh, if you all have nothing else that you're looking for, are you guys just, yeah, what you got? Uh, yeah, just kind of looking around at everything, seeing if this the usual Tauroth thing of finding just like replacement inks and stuff for the cartographer's kit, little things like that. Mm-hmm. But also, um, once everything, once she frees up from Kenzie and Talon, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, but there was something that I heard about a while back. So something, something heard about from the dwarves that they couldn't really make it or knew about it. Something called a, if you haven't know about a moon sickle or something along those lines. I have a, I have a moon-touched sword, but I I don't have a moon sickle. The natural magics are, how shall I say, they're rarer here. Um, Spellcasters of of uh, more druidic or um, hearth stylings um, don't last long in the heat. Ah. Uh. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, this heat is... It, it's a... It's a, a touch warm. I was going to go the nice round and say a touch warm, but... Well, unfortunately, I don't have uh, that available for you. I don't think I have much else I could offer in those lines. Um, but... I am getting new items in all of the time. So. Yeah, no, that'll be it for me. All right. Um, yeah, that is, that is about it then. Anything else? Okay. Let's get the fuck out before she decides to do inventory. Okay. Sounds good. Um, yeah, you guys, you guys make your way out. Um, who is taking the ring of resistance? Once we get outside and we're like a little bit down from the shop door, mm-hmm. I'm going to take my glove off and show it and be like, so who wants it? I'm going to look at people who have lower constitutions in the group and and therefore constantly fail those saves, Talon. Yeah, we're all looking okay. at it once. Nerd. Yeah. <laughs> who wants it, Talon? Does Talon want a ring? Let me. Talon, hold up your hands real quick. Yeah, there's a lack of jewelry on those bad boys. Put it on and make them on a marriage. She just hold up. <laughs> Does it require attunement? Is my out of, like out of game question. I swear to God, if you stole this and none of us have any open slots, well, I do now. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it I, does. I have an open slot, but I don't need it. Just... Mm-hmm. And then oh, shit, looks like I just bought myself a very well, stole myself a very nice piece of jewelry. All yours. Um, Talrot's just gonna shake his head and walk a little bit away. Um, 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 okay. Sweet. Well, 
Listen, it would have been one thing if you if we'd gotten in jail and then realized nobody could use it, but I'm good. Like, if, you know, if yeah, this like works, you, it works. Like Yeah, and you have an open attunement slot, so you keep it. Key. Yeah. yeah. No biggie. Okay. What would you all like to do? Believe that we have a tour to finish up. Um, uh, I think we're just going to the docks, right? Like we're, or I mean, oh. so originally the plan was like to go on a whole tour to make it not seem like we were trying to head for the docks. Um, I don't know. That's if we can skip through that. That's not a problem. If you guys have other, you want to go on the uh, a, a tour of the city, that's not a problem. Um, is there, but, but we are, our next venturing portion is the, I believe uh, so, yeah. We don't yeah. have to have a shopping episode is essentially what you're saying. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean. Cody's like, we can skip ahead. And <laughs> y'all, we can, we can jump. I it's mean, fine. If you got, I can make stuff up about the city of brass for for an hour if you want. I mean, um, that's fun for us. I know. Don't I don't act like it's not. I, I thought we were one. using the tour as an excuse to get to the docks. Yeah, so we yeah, don't. but we want that's, to make sure it doesn't it. look like that. Right. Like it doesn't yeah. look yeah. like on purpose. Yeah. Right. Yep. Okay. So, okay. That's fine. I'm the docks. Okay. Yeah. You well. You guys. Um. You tour around the city for a while. If uh, all of you would make me, uh, Constitution saving throw, uh, against exhaustion. Watch me have been a dick about it and be the one who fails. Twenty one. Fuck. Twenty three. Looking for a twelve. Fourteen. Oh, thank God. Okay. Thirteen. Twenty four. Okay. Yeah. You guys tour around, you do, you take some carts, you walk. Um, the city is opulent in a, on like a fundamental level. There is a section of the city where the stones, the cobblestones that um, make the street are obsidian and deeply reflective of the volcanic nature of natural nature of the glass um and it is driven and walked over ridden by beast of burden as as though it were any other street um and you actually bear witness to people um, replacing the shattered obsidian stones. Um, it is explained to you that it, this is a, a, uh, a city work um, that wealthy families will fund the repaving of these streets. They are some of the original city of brass uh, streets in which uh, volcanic gas and uh, pressure pushed obsidian uh, up to to the surface and um, the blade-like daggers were sort of laid out across across the road 
and so while most of the rest of the city has had them replaced, you know, less sharp or dangerous or even just valuable um, types of stones, more enduring stones have been, you know, replaced it throughout this sort of central square and roundabout um, wealthy cities, <clears throat> wealthy denizens of the city pay to uh, repave these streets in in obsidian um, and that it is um, beggars of the it's developed a reputation of a of the beggars roads uh, because where where the obsidian will will shatter and crack and spring up and be able to be pulled up and, and pried up um, they can sell those pieces for weapons for tools for art and jewelry and and just has value um, but um, you can tell the ones that are poorest or have been poorest by the fingers they're missing or the the number of scars on their hands from grasping at the shards of glass sharper than razor blades and scalpels. It is in a twisted sort of way uh, both charity and torture for those less fortunate. The tour continues. You are shown um, the forges and the the steamworks. You're shown the the water wheels, as they are called, as they're more steam vents that spin than they are actual water wheels that that catch falling water or run across rivers. Um. You are rounding about into the later portion of the afternoon when you are brought to um, the docks. The warehouses and the docks, uh, the dry docks, are, I believe I said, on the western portion of the, of the city. Um, along the eastern side of, of the city of Brass is where the Lake of Fire is a um, where liquid gases of ethane, methane, sort of catch a light and, and drift in and out the waves, matching the dull glow of blue. Though it appears to be an ocean, but it is a a flaming sea that burns all the hotter than the rock and air that you all are around and along a portion of the city this um, lake of fire uh, sort of winds a river into it and it is cut through the city and large enough that these dry docks can can exist um, and then put to sea um, in theory 
boats that could sail across fire uh, or sail across any sort of liquid, you might think. Not a lot of ship work in the plane of fire, uh, you might be surprised to find out, but... It's almost like flammable wooden canvas are a really bad idea here. Crazy. Uh, that can't be it. Blackbeard would love it. Fucking madman. <laughs> mm-hmm. You are um, told of <clears throat> Jealous takes his, his time as he um, with I won't say any sort of like glee or happiness but with a little bit of of dumbfounded sort of awe, right? He does describe the um, the type of history that the city city experienced, and I'm, I'm gathering some names, so you'll have to forgive me for for just a second here. Um, it was very much along the days of the first elemental lords when consciousness had crept in from the black, when thought and dream began to spread across the primal forces of existence. It was there, out of this, that. Sumerian, first elemental lord of fire, grew jealous of the Idrahal, lords of water and air. They lorded over them the sense of adventure that early people were discovering. The first vessels, ships, sailors, pirates, courage, and explorers that branched out from their islands across the entirety of the world became a central portion to other holes. Idea of a water plane was why Sumerians put forth his Azza builders, his first people, to making him boats that could sail across fire. That he would not be left behind by this new age of adventure and discovery. It was out of spite that Sumerian, they say, allowed fire to be tamed by mortal races. That they might venture across water, might survive by the land, they might be propelled by the air. But when it was dark and when it was scary, the mortals would turn to fire 
to keep them warm and to keep them safe. As such, it was the favorite of all elementals. The Sumerian boat races are held whenever the Sultan decides. And they are mostly matters of uh, doomed failure. As the boat race begins at the mouth of the docks. And I believe one boat has made it all the way out to the lake of fire. The rest of them in there. Their individuals are, uh, well, consumed by the flame. Uh, but that boat was gifted to Mokre, first elemental lord of Earth, as the, the ship of rolling flame. A boat of stone and lava that more wheeled about like a wagon than sailed upon the sea. Still, for historical purposes, the docks here are called docks. Although it's not been until the Duskwoods and the creation of their elemental vessels that they have truly been put to any sort of docking purposes. Have the Duskwoods ever entered a race with such a ship? The elemental vessel? I don't believe in recent memory we've held a uh, we've held a, a boat race. Um, <clears throat> and are, I, I just felt like the sort of thing that perhaps Sultan would want in celebration of a wedding. At least where I come from, grand events like that are heralded by mystique and wonder, and a race like that feels like it would fill in that category. Of course, only if it was fair. And if fair. the Duskwoods are the only ones who are allowed to have those kinds of ships, then I suppose I'm probably off base. Eh? Yeah, you're right. That's Fable, I should inform you. There is no... There is no translation in Ignin. For the word fair. That so they are the only ones who would have access to such a ship? Everyone else would just die in the fire? I don't know that. I don't uh, trade in the developmental building of elemental ships. I, mm. I do know they are perhaps the only ones in the city. Doesn't mean they are the only ones. Um, the planes are myriad and the worlds are varied. And as capable as the Duskwoods might be, they are better innovators than they are inventors. So they came up with the ideas? They didn't even build them themselves? Why create something new when you can merely improve upon the shortcomings of others? Sounds like much easier work. Besides, what else are marriages for? 
I suppose you're right. In any case, I'm sorry I got distracted. I was remembering. I've told you all about the horse races back home, right? Sometimes you'd have in the circus ring, you know, you, you, go, you enter the... Sorry, I apologize. Sorry, I'm you just, said uh, what, horse races. That's very inappropriate. Horse? A horse what is this? What is this a, horse you speak of? Uh, a half of a centaur without the talking bits. I don't know. Oh, I feel like... <laughs> you never seen a horse before. She will. She'll press to digitate uh, her heart out with. I, she's she's changing the subject. That's fine. But she got what she needed to know. She she absolutely fucking found out what she needed to know. And she'll like a little tiny Kentucky Derby around her hand so, with little little ice horses. So this? he so he <laughs> um he actually doesn't. There are no horses here, and he's he's. No, lived, I realize that she's like yeah. this. He's li- he's lived his entire life in in this plane, um, but not not quite this plane. But he. And so he doesn't he doesn't exactly know what a horse is. But when you show it to him, he recognizes it as and this is um, this is what I'm trying to to find. Um, and as soon as I I find the the name of it, I will shout it out. Um, ah, there it is. Like an armonite, but without the arms, the body. Uh, for those of you that don't know, exactly yes, sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so it is. It's basically like a centaur, but it is uh, an Armanite. Is a is a devil. Uh, is a demon. Oh. Um, and yeah, they that he would he is he's been to Dis. He's been to the he's been to the the nine Holy hells. Shit. So he he recognizes it. Armonites. He's seen people, Armonites, or uh, and and then he pieces it together. Uh, a dreadsteed, right? That exactly, exactly like that. And she will just change the subject to talking about how races were always really cool when she they were a special thing. Sometimes they'd come to town, and the trick riders from would enter these races. And how it was just, like, really cool, and so it just seems a shame to have a wedding without one. Like, it's strange to have a big celebration without some sort of grandeur. A show on anything. Do they not have shows? Huh, like, is she just trying very hard to make it look... Not even trying hard. This is just fable. This isn't even pretending. <laughs> it's a fucking wedding. It should have some pomp and circumstance. The race was just a... Uh, but, like, it should fucking have some shit. She's like... So wedding, well, not funeral, not like. <laughs> well, well, all this has been happening. Like when when he was telling the story, Talon had kind of walked off to the side and was just kind of his back to jealous. Um, kind of planted off like he's just kind of trying to take in the docs and everything while the story's being told. Uh, but he casts arcane eye, okay, and just kind of sends that little invisible eye just off floating towards the docks. Okay. Yeah, um, do me a favor. Make me a uh, a perception check sort of before you're casting Arcane Eye um, just so that we can see how good of a bearing you get in the in the area. Okay, and then passive is the floor on this? or Yeah, I'll give you the floor on that, sure. Uh, 21 then, because I had to use my passive. Okay, no problem. Um, yeah, so, so there are... Um, the the dry docks and the warehouses there's a series of them probably about a dozen of them um that have uh building that are big enough to to house 
the construction of, of elemental ships. Um, with your 21, you can rule out... Uh, tell you what. Let's see. Um, yeah, there we go. Uh, you can rule out about, about eight of them. Um, that are, you're looking for the Phoenix, I'm assuming. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so there's about eight of them that are either too early or too late that the construction, you know, you're looking for some place that is probably pretty busy, pretty noisy, something that is going to cover up, um, a, what is the type of magical, um, process that you're, that you're looking, hoping to, to find, right? Um, so of the remaining four, um, there's a couple of them that are closer to the, your area and there's a couple that are, uh, sort of across the, across the way, across the river of fire. Um, which way would you like to go? Uh, probably the, probably the closer ones and it doesn't have a a range after it's been cast. So like if we, as a group kind of start moving away. You're just, fucking broken a, magic, my dude. I love an it. An hour of concentration. Look, it's for information gathering, divination wizards are kind of helpful. Yeah, absolutely. What? Spy campaign? Yeah. Spy campaign. Totally. Yeah, but I will I'll investigate the closer ones first. Okay. <coughs> Apologies. Bless you. Thank you. Um, so... The arcane eye, the small moat. Uh, I believe you can see or hear, not both. Is that correct? Uh, I think it's just see. Let me pull it back up. That's two. Yeah, I mentally receive visual information from the eye. It's normal. Uh, normal. So it's dark. not an ear. It's just an eye. Yes, yeah, not an arcane ear. Okay. And you are blind while doing that. Uh, no. Okay. The, this one, I just get the information, and just for fun, because I've cast this before, but I didn't describe it. The whichever hand happens to have the open eye tattoo, mm-hmm. like when he casts it, the lid kind of stretches open, mm-hmm. and then the eyeball, like part of the tattoo, like lifts from the skin, and then the lid closes behind it. So while he's casting this, both of the tattoos on his hands are of closed eyes. Thank God. Fable is a circus freak. Pixie would have problems with that. Fable is like hot. Cool. It, it's, just like, <laughs> it's just like an image. It's not, it's, there's no. The skin doesn't, doesn't do shit. He doesn't have actual <laughs> hand eyeballs. <laughs> what? It's not yeah. like, it's not, it's not a, like a situation. Like, yeah. Kenzie's saying just goes to her hip. <laughs> Kill it with fire. She's like, don't care about care about the bet anymore. We're done. Talon's, Talon's got his back to her, and you, she just sees this and just shoots him in the back. <laughs> she was justified. She was justified just in her stare choices. At the, stare at the sunset, Lenny. It's fine. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So you are you're moving this around. Um, go ahead and make me a investigation check. Okay. Uh, can I use my passive as the floor in this one as well, or is this just active? No, this has to be active because you're not using your normal senses. This is specifically mm-hmm. information that you are investigating for from from the spell. Um, 
And I normally get advantage, but do we rule that out because it's I'll, from the spell? I'll leave I'll leave you with advantage. Yeah, advantage is is fine. Um twenty-eight. Okay. Um Yeah, the the arcane eye is invisible and it does it is able to squeeze through. Um most of the openings that you need to, because it can squeeze through about an, an inch, the spell says. Um, and there is, you know, enough doors coming and going. Um, you are... It, it takes you through a, a, you know, a better portion of, of the conversation um, that is happening there. But you are able to clear this particular... Uh, the closest warehouse. Um, you know that the Phoenix is not within it um you can witness a bit of the process as far as the um the shipwright is um as the ships are being built they are inlaid with the elemental energy throughout the entirety of the process so there is a lot of um arcane dust magical veins um, spell casting that is that is being used. You can see that you know there's uh, a lot of arcane circles as far as you know used for containing and and channeling elemental energies and uh, and things like that. But you notice that the one of the phoenix uh, that phoenix feathers are utilized in the binding process as a sort of um call it like a elemental funnel like a channel something that uh eases and smooths out the um transitioning process for for these elementals um yeah And then, yeah, whatever the, as whatever the party is doing is happening, that's I'll just move that arcane eye and just try to scout through as many of those as I can before the time runs out. Sure. Um, they're very big. So I'm going to say it takes you about 20, 30 minutes to do one. Um, and so you can do a second one uh, as you guys are in the area. But at the end of the second one, the party is probably going to be moving away from the docks. And like you guys aren't aren't doing like a deep dive in into into those um yeah. and then by the end of the second one then it would the spell would run out so just those two okay so yeah you can recast it before you go because the range is not a is not an issue if you want to to check the others um but let's get the investigation check with uh with this second one uh 29 okay yeah, you're so it's actually it's ever so slightly faster um, because you're you're a little more familiar with what you're looking at and a little more um, clear. You know what I mean? A lot of the first one is very much exploratory and what is this? What's over here? That looks important. Oh, that's a storeroom. Okay, what? You know what I mean? So so you're start yeah. of, you're sort of piecing um, these things together. Uh, you guys are wrapping up your your tour of the area. Um, you're probably it's getting closer to like dinner time. You're probably going to be led back to uh, back to the Wailing Rose 
if you guys, uh, unless you have something to sort of distract Jealous to keep him in the area, it's not actually terribly vital, but I'm giving you all the players the opportunity if you would like to. Um, I don't particularly want to, like, distract uh, Jealous in order to, like, get more insider information, but um, can I look keep like specifically try and keep an eye out for what sort of um like guards are chilling outside of the dock yeah absolutely um yeah go ahead and make a make a perception check as you as you're going got it dude oh not bad a 21 nice okay um so um yeah most of the docks seem to have um a they're lined up sort of six on one side of the river six on the other side of the river right um the area has a fence to it the to sort of their compound and on both sides of the river there's like a gate okay and the checkpoint has a couple of guards there and then it looks like for essentially for um for each side of the river, there's about six guards. Um, and they're kind of like, they're in pairs. So none of them are by themselves. And like one pair will kind of walk in between the guard house and like check the, the, the road in between. So they kind of just split the pairs, split the, the warehouses up, you know, um, on the far side, there is the high wall to the edge of the city, which is also up where, the um the sky dock is right where the where those flying ships come down Mm -hmm. and um looks there looks like there's kind of a guard but like a lift operator uh official to that and you guys had seen that when you came in um the guards are uh usually a elemental myrmidon uh paired with a um either a tiefling or a uh jinn or an afrit okay and in each of those the the not tiefling seems to be the one kind of in charge or uh no the the tiefling or the afrit is usually the one in charge uh the Got elemental it. myrmidon they are smarter than average elementals, but they... But they're still elementals? Yes, they are They are elemental soldiers. They are armored, yep. they're tougher, they, they fight a little better, but they're yep. they're more along the lines of, like, uh, guard dog sure. um, than general, right? Got it, got it. And, okay. and so cool. you, you piece together that the, the Afrit or the Tiefling. Or the Tiefling are the, the ones pairing, in charge of that. Yeah, they're, they're the ones holding the leash. They probably okay. have some spell abilities. Maybe not like, you know, they're, they're probably not tossing like wizard magic around. But they, sure. they probably have some spell casting capacity. Got it. They're like... Low-level nerds. Got it. Yeah. Okay, cool. There you go. <laughs> Low-level nerds. You get it. <clears throat> All right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, for reference, uh, the the intelligence of, of the elemental Myrmidons goes, goes, like, jumps up to, like, nine 
from two. So so well past animal to you know, but they are the subordinate. Four. They are they are totem gotcha. fetch and chop and, and stab. Um, were you going to recast Arcane Eye? Yes. I will. Okay. Sounds good. Yes. What you got, Fable? I was doing the hands. Oh, doing the hands. Okay. No one could hear the juicy noises I made, though, so it didn't quite. Re- okay. It's not no juicy noise. Just a. <laughs> Night. <laughs> Megan's done. <laughs> She quits. Still just as bad. That's the verbal component, is Talon has to go. (laughs) (laughs) Arcanine, Arcanine. I was trying to do a lollipop to Arcanine. My noises were worse because Cody has taught me the horror of, like, noises. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look at that. Why did I do that? You've done that so many times! (laughs) I'm talking ropers. Oh, oh, I'm talking oh. way back. You have started us there at that sound horror. I have taken off and done exactly what Megan's doing right now. I have done exactly fucking that before. Uh, let's get an investigation check for that, for that arcane eye. Uh, 26. 26. Okay. Um, takes you a little time to get across the river, but you're you are well well-versed in this. You don't find the Phoenix, but you do identify that this particular um, warehouse is most likely where it is. Beneath it, you suspect. Um, The type of arcane bindings that are here, the type of magical circles that are used that are not uh, directly involved in the creation of the vessels, and the higher than normal number of guards and patrols that you see around this warehouse means there is something special about it. Okay. Instead of taking the arcane eye to the next warehouse, because I'm pretty sure it's this one, mm-hmm. I want to look for any sort of like anti-teleportation runes, any sort of barriers, things like that, that would stop like magical ingress. Okay. Um, yes, go ahead and make me another investigation check, please. That is a natural 20 for a 30. Okay. Well, I will tell you all about that when we come back from our break. Yay, break. Woo! All right, thank you guys. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We will see you then, but until then, stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. We are Random Encounter Productions. I'm Cody Stone. With me tonight, we have... Matthew, playing Clever Stitch, the Tabaxi Arcane Archer. Pixie, playing Fela Frost, the Phoenix Souls... So- fuck the... I- the Ace Genasi Phoenix Soul Sorcerer! I'm tired. God damn it. How do you... Meg, and I'm playing Kenzie Wild, the uh, Human Fighter. Mandrew, I'm playing Talon Vale, the Kalashtar Divin- Divination Wizard. Hey, uh, this is Mars playing Talroth, Oakenblade, the Wood Elf Scout. All right, and we are diving back into our adventure here this evening. Um, so you are Andrew, um, Talon. You were using your arcane eye to inspect a uh, warehouse where you suspect the um, phoenix that is the 
uh, root of uh, Fable's bloodline to, to be is probably being being held. Um, you were just making an investigation check. You rolled natural twenty for a uh, thirty, and so yeah, you do. You get a pretty good uh, assessment of of things that are uh, in here. So um, the the walls here are lined with lead. Um, they are they are thick. But they have large openings, right? It is a big dock. It needs a big dock door to get a ship out of it. Um, so, you know, the, the, that is, if you look through the door, you can still create line of sight for most teleportation magics. That, that should be fine. Um, you do, you are able to assess and, and find uh, beneath the... Um, what would be sort of that that undership spine um, where that would normally sit uh, to keep the ballast? That's it. Um, there is uh, there is the magical pathway that leads down beneath this warehouse. Um, you are able to assess that there is a. Um, <coughs> anti-magic field. Um, following down that path, um, and so it's about it's about twenty feet down that path. Uh, you will have to cross over it, um, and there is no particular line of sight that you can establish using arcane eye um, to teleport past it. Uh, so those seem to be the big teleportation deterrents um, for for this. Uh, you can't teleport into the anti-magic field, obviously. And uh, you would have to be very familiar with what is on the other side. Or maybe not. You can also take the, the random teleport, you know, shot in the dark. I, I don't like that we both grinned at that like, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Not a giant lake of fire we might accidentally end up in. Listen, take that ring from or or send her. Like, you know, she's Yeah, that'll definitely <laughs> you you'll definitely survive liquid fire with the ring of resistance. Ooh. Yeah, I can fly. Alright? I'll just I'll I'll if if I happen to land, I'll just take off. I got boot. <laughs> Just don't send me in feet first. Okay. But I've got an idea. Um, as we're, like, walking away, mm-hmm. he's going to, like, flip open to just a blank page on his spell book and just do, like, a quick sketch of just the, the layout that he did see. Just mm-hmm. kind of a rough. Yeah. So he doesn't forget. Sure. Um, Easy enough. And then just not really say anything because we don't want to tip off any of the people we're with sure okay um you guys wrap up your um your tour and you are escorted back to the whaling rose uh for this is about dinner time um on the way back uh let's do another constitution saving throw against the heat uh 13 
Okay. So that is one level of exhaustion for you, Tauroth. Can I, um, if I see that he's getting a little hot, can I offer him some water? Uh, yes. Yeah. To, to, to help? Uh, I mean, at this point, it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop him from getting the I level of exhaustion. Him an egg in this prime time? Okay. But you do offer him a, a wonderfully cool drink of water. You all have uh, arrived back at the Wailing Rose. Um, it is early evening. Um, you can tell because the sky, instead of being uh, yellow and white with uh, raging, burning sun, is now a uh, bloody red. Um, which means it's nighttime here. What would you all do? Will dinner constitute a short rest? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Kenzie Uh, just goes to the bar. Um, Fable's going to, having now been with Talon at all in in, in a a, uh, group space, is just going to sidle over to him with like a drink something. Did you see anything interesting today? Because um, divination. She doesn't know if she, he did anything, but if anyone was going to, it was going to be. <laughs> pulls out a spell book and goes, uh, yes, I actually uh, described the, the warehouse. Uh, I found this is most likely where the phoenix is being kept. I've got like emo hair going on it. And it's not yeah, so you cool. do! Just <laughs> us. Us. You know, use your hands to get rid of that shit. You, you either have to sweep it all the way or just use your head. <laughs> um, flips open to that page in the spellbook. Uh, I've mapped out at least what I was able to see with the arcane eye. I could not proceed down beneath the warehouse itself. Um, Any doors to speak of? There was a stairway going down that seemed to be blocked by an anti-magic field. Um, so Probably had to keep him from getting out. The closest I could teleport all of us would be that main level. Can you see people with that? Whatever, um, however you looked. Uh, I believe so. Did I? It was any guards busy. or anything. There were a lot of this one. You said it was. Oh yeah, was yeah. yeah. I mean, the they are. Um, they are. It. It's an active dock, very much so. There are a lot of uh, workers and guards and shipwrights coming in and out of that. Um, in and out of that warehouse in general. You didn't see anybody come in and out of the entrance to the uh, what, what you presume to be the Phoenix Chamber. Um, but you um, but you are but you did see a lot of people in the area. Mm-hmm. With as many people as I saw just teleporting into the middle of the large room is probably not the best idea. But mm-hmm. can now that you've seen it is there an is there where you can watch it again and see maybe when it empties um, I could an hour at a time since mm-hmm. the arcane eye um, mm-hmm. with how protected it was with it was heavily lead lined so scrying anything more mm-hmm. 
substantial than that, I don't think would work. At least not as well. Um, hmm. And then my familiar. Oh yeah. Are you two at a? Are you two talking amongst yourselves, or are you? I think so. Okay. Think... Kenzie is going to slide over like a gold coin to the lady, <clears throat> buy buy a bottle of wine, and then just walk over to the table. Ah. Uh, yeah, uh, I ordered a beer and they gave me the wrong thing. Um, I already paid for it. Uh, if you guys, I don't, I don't drink, uh, I don't drink this. So she's just gonna put it down, in in front of you guys and slide. She up. pays for them to change. She tips for them to change the bowling to late night cosmic couples bowling, and like the lights change and the music shifts. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you guys, uh, you guys want. It's a very specific era of reference there, but I. Feel like it works. She's gonna go back and yeah. That's all. Please. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, if you'd like to sit with us, we are discussing plans for. We are. Oh no! Uh, there's not not enough room at the table, and uh, I got a. It's quite a large table. It's like four uh, empty seats. I got a. How much room do you and the guns take up? A lot, uh, and I gotta attune to this bad boy now. <laughs> Stitch, Stitch and Talroth, um, both of you have, I think, relevant skills as well, if you'd like to come sit with us. <laughs> if I if I knew about the bet, I would be able to help you out, Megan, because uh, Stitch doesn't no know idea. about the bet. <laughs> or at least not the details, so I can't help bail you out of this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah sure, why not? Um, and he'll... He'll sidle up next Why to Kenzie. She'll, like, pour him, she'll like pour him a glass. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to today's episode of Megan Loses Money. Uh, <laughs> in game. Wherever, wherever that fucking daredevil motherfucker is. He's listening from the roof. Yeah. He's like, ah. She just whispers, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, all right, let me grab my drink and I'll come on over if you guys want to. Now plan she has to buy a beer. <laughs> plan with the group. That sounds like a real fun time. Fuck. I love you so much, Meg. No, you don't, because you do these things to me. Isn't it's it better good, when it's slow burn? There's a whole genre. There's a whole genre that tells me it's better when it's a slow burn. It's You're it's not, it's so more marketable. That is not why I'm here. I'm so I sorry. You, why, damn it. All right. Please, please <laughs> continue about why we're actually here. <laughs> fucking heist. All right. Um, yeah, I will kind of relay out all the details to the group. Um, so we're on the same page. If we're out in public, I would like to... Fable is going to disguise this conversation like it's a game of... She is going to start putting out, like... like card games and coins so it's we have a reason to be huddling over a table like weirdos is <laughs> as she like passes cards to somebody and she runs her hand over and what about this spot right here kind of situation like if we're planning in the middle of this place we should sure have make a, a reason uh, to have shit on the table <laughs> make a performance check oh i will uh, 10 anybody got a 10 she's playing blackjack she's hit me like <laughs> she's suddenly become a vegas dealer with a 17. That was okay. a shit roll. Remember, I have a plus 13 in performance. That was a shit fucking Oof. roll. <laughs> feel 
while discussing and playing cards, I feel it's only appropriate that Talon has managed to somehow, in a not real game of cards, lose 50 gold to <laughs> Kenzie. <laughs> so I'm going to take 50 gold out of my inventory. Thank you. I'm going At this it. point, you won't need the two play. You have made up the two platinum, so. <laughs> but it's the principle of the thing, and we know it. <laughs> Accurate. No, no. Taylor, you're the big blind. He's like, oh, sorry. That's... And so this spot, it seems it's yeah, a lead Megan line. Megan has no idea how to play poker. So just... Neither does Taylor. Great. Kenzie does. <laughs> Megan has no goes like, poker sounds. <laughs> um, that's, I was hoping I would be able to just teleport the group in. Um, mm. But it seems with how many people and stuff, it seems just the old-fashioned way might be better. I can turn us all invisible. Yes, I do have that prepared. I can turn us all invisible. All of us, huh? Mm-hmm. For mm. about an hour. All I mean, right. Tauros don't really need it. No, he's no, he's fine. <laughs> Talroth has been winning slowly. I imagine. We're like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I, uh, ju- there are quite yeah, ju- a few, um, quite a few guards that were around, and he'll kind of detail out where he saw all of the guards on the outside as well. What was what you saying? I was gonna say I'm gonna need a bit of a nap first because it's a little too hot for me right now. Yeah. Is that a long rest? Cool. Um, Henry, how alive is the city at night? Because there's not a proper night here. Do they keep to normal sleeping hours? Um, or can we? My question is this. It's, right, let me get. Let me get my end game first, and you tell me if it's possible. Sure. Um, is if we can stay in for longer tomorrow under the like hey it's too hot for us to be awake during the day we would just like as people to be up at night instead because god it's hot here we're not local and then there's an excuse for us to kind of be up and around at night alternatively if we're sneaking out of our rooms then maybe we should pretend to sleep at night but i want us to be out exploring sneaking in somewhere when there's less people and if we can justify that by we're not local like god please please let us sleep during the hot hours yeah. So like, how are the crowds on those like, relative to those times of day and night? Well, I I feel like you just answered your own question. Um, the natives to the fire plane are up during the day. Yeah. But the non-natives are more active at night. So mm-hmm. the business is still easier to blend with them. Right. So, okay. so there, so there are still crowds and there is still yeah. uh, very much a nightlife um, there. So not the traditional sort of day cycle that, that you're thinking of maybe a little closer to the, the Dwarven um, cycle that you guys experienced. So, so it is the, the city is constantly open and active um, not all businesses are open 24 hours, but um, the ones that cater to the non-locals are more mm-hmm. open at night. And the ones that uh, do normal sort of city of fire 
business are uh, more open during the during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And it might not be wise to try to invisible then if there's crowds, no matter when we're going out. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's going to be crowds. There are definitely less people out in the in the uh, evening, but mm-hmm. it, it is not like city goes dead, right? Like, like, yeah, it's 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 not like that. Um, is how how much cooler is it at night mm-hmm. than during the day? Like, is it is that like a viable thing where we? Can avoid no, it, getting yeah, it makes avoid a difference. getting um yeah. exhaustion. Uh, I I will yeah I can probably give you oh, okay. or, or give you advantage at least sure. on it oh, because okay. it is um I think the DMG actually specifies but I will double check but I, I will at the very least say it, it can give you advantage. Maybe we do do it at night. Regardless. It might be worth it either way, honestly, yeah. because we spent too long, and we can clearly prove a it gives us it gives us a chance for definitely long rest. But then, like lazing about tomorrow during and or sleeping during the day, extra yeah. sleep, extra whatever. Like we're clearly exhausted. Like looking at oh. Tower all the way. Clearly, we need it. Like for sure. Look really bedraggled. Like yeah. why didn't we think of this when Talon almost passed out? Like, <laughs> God. Because we're stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so, how uh, are you? Okay. So, I will say it's actually busier at night. Oh, Cause, cause because of... It specifically it says, cool. most business in the city of Brass, see below, takes place during the darker hours. It's a 24-hour mm. cycle. Um, so from white hot at noon, that is nearly blinding to a deep red at midnight. So the darkest hours of the plane display a deep red twilight, right? At noon, the light is nearly blinding. Most business in the city of brass takes place during the darker hours. Um, talks about freets, talks about cinder storms, talks about... Uh, yeah, cinder waste, salamanders, azers, fire giants, city of brass. What does this tell me about this place? Um, so we actually want to go at noon. No one will be out. Won't matter if we're invisible. The sun is doing it for us. We should have just looked for magical sunglasses, y'all. We fucked up. Like, um... Yeah. Okay. Um. Da 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 da. Um. Okay. So it doesn't necessarily specify. Um. I'm. I've been making you do that because I think it makes sense. If you're going to be in the extreme or- heat of a fireplace, but. Um. So just so you know, because you guys have been here around. Um for most of this. Uh, Fabled city of the Efreet, ornate spires, metal walls reflect the grandiose and cruel nature, uh, true nature of the plane of fire. Everything in the city seems to be alive, dancing with flames, reflecting on the vibrant energy of the place. 
Uh, adventurers frequently come here on quests for magic for legendary magic. If it is possible to buy a magic item at all, uh, the city of Brass is the most likely place to find any item for sale. Though the price might be well beyond uh, gold. The freed are fond of trading in favors, especially when they have the upper hand in negotiations. Perhaps a magical uh, disease or poison that can be cured only by something within the bazaars of the city. Uh, and at the heart of the city is the Charcoal Palace. So, there you go. Ooh. I like the term Charcoal Palace. I hate it, but I love it. Mm-hmm. Just go draw with it. So I suppose the question is, when do we go? How do we want to go in? As much as I think that going when there's the fewest people is probably smart, I also don't particularly think that our odds of making it in as chipper as possible when it's that bright out is going to happen. I agree. And uh, also, as much as I love the idea of Invisible, I think, teleporting here may be a little safer than trying to traverse. Save the invisibility for if we get past the anti-magic field and realize that there's places inside we can do magic, I would save invisibility or for that. For getting away. For ex- exactly, for escaping again. Is is your ability to teleport us, how many times can you do that per day? Once? Right. And how many times could you make us all invisible? Is that also a similar... Five... Twice. Twice? Alright. That feels like the good fail-safe, is yeah. the invisibility. Yeah. Alright. Um, there are another few things that I can do. Um, Recently, one of the the scrolls that I acquired allows me to just create a doorway, um, a a hallway, almost, uh, up to 20 feet long. So if we can get close, I can simply create a door. Right. Good to know. There's a, a number of ways we can get in or out. It's just whatever we think the best route would be. So I believe actually the lead lining doesn't prevent you from teleporting in. Prevents scrying more than anything, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Was are the docks close enough that within an hour? Because the the arc and I I can summon it within thirty within thirty feet of me, and then there's no range like limit. To the oh, range uh, yeah, yeah. I guess you could get there in an hour. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, tomorrow at around noon. I could. See if there is anyone there, and then if there is not, teleport us. See yeah. Trouble of trouble. Wait, I thought we were doing nighttime. Well, if we can be teleported in. Oh, and wait in the area. It, well, if it's at noon. Oh, if we're not outside, you're when right. When we're indoors, yep. yeah. That's true. That's fair. That's if if we're going to go at noon, that's probably the smartest. But there smartest are likely to be idea. guards as well. That is what I'm. For sure. About. I think there are going to be guards no matter when, when it is. Um, 
if if looking in with with your and eyes doesn't um, <laughs> doesn't uh, drain you too much. I think that that's probably the smartest way for us to get in as unscathed as possible. Um, here is an odd, just a clarification question, Cody. Sure. Would I be able to cast invisibility and then maintain concentration on that? Well, casting to like and cast teleport. Teleport's if it's greater invisibility, right? Greater yeah. invisibility should let you cast it, shit. It's just regular invisibility. Oh yeah, because that's well. Else. If teleportation is it, isn't, yeah. it has casting time of one action, and um, does not require concentration. So you can. It can it's just like concentrating on any other spell. And, and, and it's casting not. it. So you so you are you are able to cast invisibility and teleportation. Uh, yeah, but it's to, not an aggressive yeah, because it's not greater invisibility. It's just regular invisibility. That one disappears if the if the target or if the target attacks or casts a spell. So that one wouldn't work. I mean, everybody mm. else would be invisible except for you. But yeah. Oh. Yeah, because you would still be concentrating on their invisibility. Yeah, it would just end for you as the target. Hmm. Interesting. But I could make invisible if I needed to. Mm -hmm. Just you. So. Would potentially work, and I could just hope if there is a guard where I teleport to you that I could talk myself out of it. No, she's saying that she can make you invisible. If exactly. you can make the rest of us invisible. Exactly. So you two can just, you know, sort of like uh, invisible <laughs> each other. And that'll work. The, the, but it's you more like this, and she'll, it, she'll do the hand motion the way she... It's more like this. Oh, it's, it's more like this? <laughs> no, that's but how he sees things. You would, you would have to cast it on me after we teleported, so I would be visible for a moment. All right, what? It's the well, least risky plan we have. Least, the least risky? Are you serious? She's going to flick a card at him. <laughs> Forehead. Takes seven damage. Seven D10 damage. <laughs> I killed that card made of iron? Do <laughs> <laughs> so you have any better ideas? And there is a chance that this the teleport does not take us exactly where I want to go. Oh, even better. All right. There All is right. that as well. Here's the thing: we can't sneak out because they will find us. Like we're on lockdown, so I think teleport is the only way we're going to get out of this. Without. I could just make a back door in one of our rooms. Who doesn't love a good back door? Am I right, Fable? Tents don't have back doors. God, even better. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> we could try to get in just the old fashioned way. 
and then yeah. save the magics for getting out. Yeah. Pours himself a glass of wine. But if we <laughs> if, if we sneak out, they're gonna see us. Not to mention the fact there's still the possibility that if we sneak out, we're not invisible or anything, that someone's gonna try to dwarf nap us again. Fable, is there is there any way that you can make us all invisible, or can you only make one person invisible? Give me a sec. I'm looking up. Hold on. Um, right. Let me look up something. Because uh, I have some shit. Um, fourth level. Okay. Greater, greater invisibility is only one of us at a time. Yeah, I think it's Unfortunately. casting regular invisibility at a higher level. Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and it's sixth level to get five people. Because that's the okay. Then no, because my thing that was I have an ability to cast any fifth level spell four more times. So what I was looking Got at it. instead was if we, if I can pull a tricky fifth level spell from another magic school. Sure. If I can do some weird shit that maybe I we mean, haven't done, like. Disguise us or something so the one of us looks like jealous. If one so, of us looks like him, then we we minimize the possibility of getting dwarf napped. But we've sneak or or not even him, just like a general. Clearly, this is a tiefling who owns people. Like kind of uh, idea. We've clearly shown we can hold our own if someone tries to take us. He was not super helpful. Um, but the idea of some, one of us looking like someone who's important. I could probably make happen. I could, like, I could make, I could, I could make me look like somebody else, and just so, y'all. I'm here to guard. The other he option. Was with some stuff. I just want to say that it wasn't <laughs> like he was doing the NPC shake in the corner. He had his own patties he was dealing with. Eh. The only, the only, the another option that I can think of is, um, I've I've traveled with some people that have made it so that. Our footfalls didn't leave marks and were quieter. And I know myself and Talroth and Kenzie, I believe you're probably skilled in this as well, although it's been a while, so I'm not sure exactly what you're skilled in anymore. But if we are augmented, we don't need to be invisible. We're fairly good at hiding. Um, So if... Matthew out of game saying that if there is an, any way that you can cast pass without a trace. I was say, what travel people, all of us have. Sorak used to do that, right? Like, I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. Also, yeah, I, I was like, so, yeah, I don't fine. know. I'll just pull out a backstory person like, if I need to. What complicated thing remember. are we doing? Um, but so if you, if you, if somebody can cast pass without a trace, then three of us don't need invisibility. Like, I know that Taroth has a crazy high everything i have yeah, a plus vanishes. i have a plus 10 with advantage god damn and i know that kenzie has like a plus nine have, or ten and two I i'm sure advantage and yeah. oh, so it's no, just us squishy babies who need to hide yep. you don't have oh you don't have um uh proficiency and stealth kenzie no oh, okay then Tauroth and i <laughs> You can sneak if uh, I have proficiency um, in catching these hands, motherfucker. That's what I do. I do also oh. have uh, a darker magic that I do not like to rely on. And he pulls out 
uh, a blue bottle that has like silver like wire wrapped around it and puts it on the table. And he places it down and goes, I could arrange a chaperone. What? What? We the will have fuck? to kill them later. What? What the fuck? Um, this is a spell called Magic Jar, and it allows me oh. to possess an individual. Matthew vanished from existence. He disappeared oh. into his background with, and is gone. <laughs> and I love a good Magic Jar. I don't want jar. to bring it up, but one of the natures of my skills as a diviner is I have seen this work. <laughs> and he takes the wine bottle and just starts chugging out of it. Problem is, when if... the spell ends, they will be aware of what happened. Hear me out. Maybe we save that for an oh shit button. Again, we've got a lot of escape plan emergency situations. No actual <laughs> solid plan. We've got well, a lot of fail safes, though. So, so maybe we just go. So we see what happens. This one would require preparation ahead of time. It takes a little while to cast. How, much How long time? is a little while? Just yeah. a minute. But if we are in an oh shit moment, then All right. taking a minute to possess someone is. It's a long time. Oh god, that sentence is just fucking terrible. Yes, Calaroth. <laughs> Alright, so this is more for DM Cody. Sure. So while all this conversation is going on, mm-hmm. I probably would have switched my attunement back to the deck of the Fate Weavers and started pulling those cards out to mix them in with the cards we're playing with. Sure. I aren't wanna... those aren't those around? They are. I do not touch any of them. If you are mixing them in, I actively no. avoid touching them because they're around I'm and I've playing. seen what happens with these. I was I'm there playing. when the shenanigans happened. Kalen has not. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Hey, card, I'm the kind card, of player card. that will draw from a deck of many things. Oh, God damn it. I That's will too. Clever Stitch Wall. <laughs> I <laughs> I would I would just like to vocally voice my uh consent before fucking with people's fate, but sure. <laughs> okay. Um so Talroth, yeah, you you attune over the course of the hour. You guys are clearly there long enough to to have have this this attunement and conversation. Uh the cards are are mixed in, uh as mixed as clearly different deck of cards uh, uh are able to be, but it adds well, to the performance. Please go ahead. Well, I wasn't passing them to everyone else. Right. I was just mixing them in with my cards just so I can actually use them for myself for a second. Yeah, that I, that that is what I understood. But I appreciate and, everybody else. And I just want to make sure, like, if if all of us are about to start flipping cards, like, can I can I try to um, steal some from his from his hand? Uh, I mean, you can make a sleight of hand check against his passive perception to pick one up. Um, try. Is it twenty-five? Could I roll a perception to see, or uh, what, what, no? What is your what is your passive for this? Twenty-three. So, Kenzie, you you do palm a card, um, and but it does not stay where you want it to stay. Um, <laughs> as you as you try to. You sort of put it to your pocket and, and push it off to the side, and you go to check on it uh, a little later just to see where it is. It, it is not there. 
Um, you cannot split the deck. It it it. She, put the, she hides it up her sleeve, and it's there. It is not there when when you go to when you go to peel it, when you go to pull it back out later. It is a normal card, um, and Tauroth, your your deck is never incomplete in any way. Would I have noticed the card went missing for a few minutes? Um, you can that I'll let you roll a perception check on. Um, Nat twenty. So yeah, you you there is a card that you are that you as you're shuffling and, and playing with them that you're used to seeing and and you for a moment you're like you're like wait you and you kind of fan the cards out uh to to look at them real quick and you don't see it and then you you flip them back over and and give them a shovel you start looking around the table um but before before it's seconds really um it like a (laughs) Like any good stage magician's Svengali trick deck, uh, as you're as you're shuffling, uh, you turn them all face up. And you looked, you didn't see it. You turned them face down, and you start you you start absentmindedly sort of flipping through them, and then face up in the middle of the deck is is the missing card, um, as it has reappeared in. When he when he spreads it out and looks around the table. If Kenzie can catch his eyes, she'll give him a wink and then go back to playing solitaire, I guess. In a competitive sense. There are solitaire tournaments, competitive solitaire tournaments, actually. It's called a retirement home. (laughs) All right, so what I was originally going to do with the cards (laughs) was try to cast the augury spell. Yeah, okay. What would you like to augur? With all the talk of what's going on with the different plans, mm-hmm. uh, actually, let me just pull up the exact wording for the augury spell just to make sure I got the correct question. I'm going to try basically asking, would would it be better to try to go in without magic? Because I know I can't ask which is better, magic to teleport in or just try to sneak in. So I'm going to be like, is it better to sneak in? Okay. You're asking if it is better to sneak in. Um, Uh, for clarity, I'm gonna tell you, whoa. Um, you're gonna have a harder time sneaking in than you will teleporting to the threshold of the Dispel Magic. Uh, assuming the teleport goes well. Uh, that I, this, that I will, um... I, I do not mind uh, divulging in, in that. Um, it is taking into account the distance you guys have to travel unescorted uh, to arrive there unmolested, past the gate guards, over the fences, past the normal guards, 
just to reach the same threshold is that will be harder. I hope that helps. No, that does. That does. Yeah, and it's like after getting that done, just still just kind of flip through the cards on my own. I'll just kind of look up at Talon. It's like, we'll, we'll probably be better off trying to just pop in and pop out. Because especially getting here and there, too much can come up. In that case, would we want to try to be invisible? Because that would be me expending my most powerful magics that I have access to. Save it. Well, Before just popping yeah. in. Especially because if you, if I remember you saying correctly, <clears throat> you can't teleport us out afterwards. So we'll need invisibility to get out. Also, right now, I feel like we should say it. In the case of an end, don't worry about staying together. Everybody just scatter and pick a route home. It's going to be way too hard to try to keep track of each other if we're invisible. And we just need to run. If it gets to that point where he has to invisible us so we can fucking flee, just fucking flee and plan on meeting, or not even here, maybe at a bar somewhere, pick a spot now of where to meet up. It will have to be here. Plan it now instead of planning it after the fact or panicking and trying to keep track of each other as we run invisible to the streets. Yeah. You say we come back here. That's where they're expecting us to be. And also, because we can't really be too many other places without (laughs) danger of being dwarf-napped after our great heist has come to a conclusion, which would just be the worst. <laughs> if everything goes well, we'll be able to get this out and have some sort of... They could have at least positive ally with us, so let's pretend that things yeah. are going to go all right. Yeah. That's sure. a terrible idea that I've just said, but here we go. So for now, should we rest yeah. cover a little bit and prepare to go tomorrow? Yeah, if we're... If we're teleporting straight in, I still, I think that it, even though it will be worse for us on our way back out, I think it may be best for us to go at noon tomorrow. When there's the least amount of people. Does that sound alright? Yeah, that works. Alright. Pours himself another glass of wine and just like tosses it back. Yeah. It's got a good finish for wine. It's incredibly warm, though. It's red. It's supposed to be warm. It's supposed to be room temperature. I think they just take things up a few It is room temperature. It's just. It's warm in the room! Fable has not touched it. She doesn't drink reds. Of course. 
What part of sparkly, bubbly, fable, frost, and her ice and everything makes you anything other than dessert and sparkling wines? She's a white Zinfandel girl. Sparkling wine, that's why. <laughs> I need some Merlot in you. <laughs> that you can get Merlot on you. You know what I mean? I don't. It was a very forced <laughs> pun. That was, that, was, that was a journey. <sighs> Right. <clears throat> Fuck. Um, well, if it's all the same, I'm probably gonna pop upstairs and get some rest and get ready for hell. All right. And Cody, yes. as I walk up to the room, I'm gonna try to slide a hand one of Kenzie's guns. Okay, go for it. Twenty-nine. Pretty sure that beats her passive. Yeah, it does. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, yes, you 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 grab the smaller gun because I mean they're the same. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't it's know. Two, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know if there was a big like sniper gun on around. There is. It's deconstructed. It's in the. Um, she has that in the uh, cartographer's case on her back. <clears throat> so yeah, just walk around with it. Right? Like yeah, a, I was like, "That's that." Like, that, a, that. like a professional paintballer. <laughs> Shit, maybe she does. That's, what? Can I retcon this? Can I retcon this, please? <laughs> okay. There you yeah. go. Going to get some rest as well. It's going to be a involved day today, tomorrow. Good thing we're all fully equipped with all of our proper weapon selves. Good thing. <laughs> we're super, super uh, safe. Be before going to bed though, Taylor. I'm just going to try to continue either sending the arcane eye out a couple more times or scrying, just trying to get as familiar with the warehouse as possible to maximize the success of teleport. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah. Do you need any help, Taylor? Ace is just going to be studying the location and hoping to get there. That's uh, hoping to keep me company, but there's not really much to do. I've had some late nights sitting up studying. It's... Especially if you're going somewhere else. It might be nice to have someone watch your back. No sure, telling what sort of... I believe the term they're using is dwarf napping. Could happen even here in the middle of the bar once everyone goes to sleep. So I'll keep you company for a while. Well, join me. Yes, that would be nice. She's gonna sit and try to copy down um, her own versions of his little maps while he works and, and fine tune. Or like, if he relays things to her, maybe she'll draw them um, so that he can focus on like what he's seeing and 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 all of that shit, so she'll try to help him fine-tune the maps and everything like that. Okay, and as long as I'm good, we'll have enough time to rest, I can do Arcane Eye like three or four times, and I can scry another three or four. Okay. So just doing that repeatedly to just lock in the location as best as possible. Actually, mm -hmm. we're gonna scry as much as possible, because Arcane Eye would take like an hour to get there, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's, the, le right in the, door. it's the less You're efficient really, of the... Really familiar with the door. Yeah, that's uh So I'll scry, I can do that one, two, three, four times. I can just attempt to scry. Okay. 
Yeah, that sounds good. Um, yeah, this, so that'll that'll build your familiarity up um, to scene casually, because um, I I don't think you break the threshold of very familiar a place you've been often, a place you've carefully studied, or a place you can see while cat while you cast the spell. Um, uh, maybe studied, maybe, but we'll see when the, when the time comes for the, for the casting. Uh, maybe I'll give you a history check or something to, to see how well you remember it. Um, so you all have your plan. You're playing it fast and loose with the word plan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we have our agencies, and we have one vague concept. It is. It is a. It is a very. It, yep. You have a. You have a vague concept. Um. Here is. Uh, perhaps the hiccup you all may want to. Discuss or plan out now. Um, if you go in and there is a phoenix that is being utilized in, in this in some way, um, things happen and then you liberate the phoenix hmm? what do you anticipate the duskwoods response to be or yeah let's start with that question i'm hoping that this guy if they're keeping it A, that we can get out without them, us specifically, and B, that he is strong and smart enough at that point to either take over or hide and escape. Like, okay. Okay. I'm hoping possibly hide and escape um, of run. You've done all we can, fucking run. Okay. Uh, what do we think the possible, their possible reactions would be? They like, clearly need whatever his power source is. My biggest concern is them finding another and doing it again. Well, um, for right now, like, would they kill treasure? If if we were associated with it, maybe. But that's yeah. Um, Roth, you 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 had something you wanted to say and or ask, uh, so I can I'm gonna go to you before I start answering questions. Yeah, because this is where Mars is getting confused. The Phoenix is under the control of the Duskwoods, or yes. is it being by some or by somebody else? That's where I'm lost. Uh, okay, so the Phoenix is under the control of the Duskwoods. Um, the Phoenix is. Um, <clears throat> oh right, I had to rename him, didn't I? Because originally oh. I, I named him Aurelian, and then I didn't like and then I didn't like it there was somebody else that was Aurelian I had to switch it up um so we wrote it down I know you did and that's yes. and that isn't that the shame Treasure's um, mom was named Aurelian yeah it was her mom or dad I had to I had to switch it up 
Um, and I seem to have m- misput those particular names. That is, blah. I'll get them for you in just a moment. We'll deal with names in a minute. Okay. Um, to clarify, because I, because I, I, I always worry that I don't do a good job with my villainous plots and and explaining them. How dare you not be an automatic villain in real life? <laughs> you know, it's fine. There are three. The Curtain Sultan is dying. And there are three heirs. One of which that has been missing. One of which, uh, each of them possess Phoenix Soul. They are reborn as the previous Sultan of the City of Brass was. Um, that ability passed on to his children. Um, the eldest, this... Uh, Igneal. Why not go with a good fairy tale fire name? Um, w- was would have been the heir apparent. He has been missing for very long time. Long enough for uh, to have been put in this situation. We know that his soul has been passed into these Janasi that have carried him free. Whereas his body does the Phoenix rebirth process. And it is in, they have used that process to fuel and power these um, elemental airships. Right? Um, Does that help? So, from what I'm understanding, the phoenix that's trapped is just the body. Yes. The soul is gone. The soul is in fable. That is where she is a phoenix soul sorcerer. So. That is where the soul is. Hence the risk of her dying if she gives him his magic back or her um, losing her... Losing her sorceress origin. Mm -hmm. Hence her trying to be as useful as possible, magically speaking, now uh, because she may not have it by this time tomorrow. Now, politically, you guys know that the Dustwoods are very powerful. Um, they, some of the children have machinations to uh, be viziers, or they will never rule the city of Brass because they're not Efridi, but sure. they can, they hold positions of prominence, uh, perhaps the highest among the non-Jin, the non-Efrit within the city. Um, as evidenced by them being entrusted with this secret jailing of of a prince, right? Um, you don't know who's asked them to do that. You don't know who is supporting them in that effort. But they have benefited greatly from that, right? So for them to lose the body of this phoenix soul sorcerer, of this phoenix... Of this um, Phoenix Solar Freed, right? Of this mm-hmm. elemental. Uh, will damage them politically, will damage them economically. 
Um, and this heir apparent to the city of Brass. You think it is... You've met him once. Uh, he seemed confused and dazed, but the idea that um, the immortal Phoenix Man who's been locked away by probably somebody that wants the throne... Uh, and when he gets put back together, you guys tell me what you think the odds are that he is going to not attempt to reclaim his throne. So, so Treasure never wanted to get married to this family anyway, right? So, my thoughts <laughs> are that we were trying to look, we were trying to figure out a way for her to get out of this. Anyway, this is obviously the messiest choice. Um, <clears throat> but if we just kind of have to free it, and then we know that all of that will work out so that the Duskwoods are never more, then or the Duskwoods just leave, <laughs> and we also just leave. So the... What you, so the the big issue, the big thing that is keeping treasure present, your your her family, her and family. also the and also the like actual the contract um, contract, yeah, right. So um, so order matters here. Yeah. You guys have done a a good job of recon recon and um and and figuring out where the phoenix is. Mm -hmm. You you other than having like visual confirmation of it being there you you have sure. a very good idea of where it is you have a good uh grasp and plan of how to get in there at the very least right mm -hmm. um but order is going to matter with yep. with in what time and and process mm-hmm I apologize. Um, time oh, and process that these that this takes place in, um, so and the Duskwoods are uh, uh, just a quick reminder. The Duskwoods are the force motherfucker currently keeping you all free. Yes. Um, so now this brings up another question from me, especially because. I definitely wanted to look at the contract to see if any part of it was forged in any way. But now talking about the order mattering, if the Phoenix gets freed and they're starting to lose that, is there something that would stop them from trying to rush the wedding to maintain anything before everything's let out? Well, the story uh, of why you were missing last week was you were doing that readings. Checks. Uh, sure, yeah. If you want to... I don't mind if if we retroactively give you a, give you a look at the at the contract. Um, it is so. Yeah, go ahead and make me. Um, oh boy, what would what is? We're not using the um, the acquisitions ink rules, so you're not a documenter of whatever. Um, just give me an intelligence roll. Um, I'll give you advantage on it. 
uh, with proficiency since I have a forgery kit proficiency? Sure. Trying to see here. If D&D Beyond will behave for me. And with proficiency, that would be a 21 total. Okay. The contract is well-written by the greatest liturgical uh, scholars descendant from the plane of Dispater. They are um, well-written and well-bound. The contract is for a um, legally binding uh, marriage that will give the Duskwoods um, legal rights and access to the um, designs and processes perfected by the Nightcrafter family. In return, the Nightcrafter family um, receives both financial gain and the uh, mortal plane rights to uh, basically build, sell, and use uh, Duskwood developed products. You would assume mostly airships, but they do. They make other things, right? They're both crafting families. Um, here's the uh, sort of hiccup that the night crafters have run into. If one of them does not marry and they are found to be uh, at fault if one of them runs away right um, they forfeit the uh, intellectual properties that they own as well as their rights to them until such a time as they have through indentured servitude whether it is of this generation or generations following, produced a uh, magical crafting breakthrough of equal or greater value. So they basically are enslaved, the entire family, until such a time as they can create something a process that would sell them to sell to the to the duskwoods basically of and buy themselves out of it right that's what happened when treasure fled but 
it doesn't specify treasure. That's why the mom keeps is now trying to... They've been trying to marry off any of the previously not present kids. But through changing fate, new kids showed up. Right? So it was not... While there was an arranged marriage, and it, it had to be treasure at one point, no longer has to be treasure. But at this point, because treasure ran, they don't have to marry. They get more from the night crafters if the wedding doesn't take place. So one question that I have, since this all seems to be very much, because we're seeing what the dusk Duskwoods would get if the night crafters default. Right. Is there a reverse? There is. There is a there is a reverse if the if the Duskwoods default the night crafters um, gain a seat at what is um, what is a let's call it the tiefling magic item mob family which basically was is what it is right the night the duskwoods are a branch of crafters and sell salesmen from directly descendant from you know as as modius himself right they they are magic mob boss um the night crafters may have been a part of that many generations ago uh, but being on the prime material plane being on our particular prime material plane they don't benefit from that right but they could especially being in a city like Jalen or Sai has its own you know portals to it has its own past they would uh, not usurp the night crap not usurp the duskwoods seat at the table but they would earn they would gain as as much essentially um so so now the question is what would qualify the duskwood the duskwoods falling into default there would it be the the groom disappearing or running away or if yeah i think we have someone for your magic jar vanished so, if um, if the wedding date was like set the way it was previously, and the because it doesn't specify the Duskwoods don't provide a groom. It doesn't say which groom, just says a groom, because once upon a time there was no need to specify which groom and which bride, right? It, it has to be family. They have to be single and available to be married because of legal binding reasons. Yes. Matthew's, Matthew's question for that is, um, <clears throat> what if, do they have to be able to provide a groom with the same qualifications as their family currently has? Uh, if they no longer have the power in 
the city of brass because so, they don't make the ships anymore. So if they so if they provided a groom and they could not provide the night crafters with the um, with the technology, that would be a later default, right? Gotcha. Um, okay. It, it could default. They could default later on, um, but. But the, like them losing their seat of power in the city because the phoenix is left is right. not going to be an immediate default. Uh, it's not a guaranteed immediate default. Got it. Okay. It, Got it. It, that was it, my question. It has the possibility of doing it, but it, it but it it is it is not a guaranteed immediate default. They can keep up. They can keep up um, appearances, and they can provide airships. For a certain uh, a length of time, you know, they they may also be able to make the airships without the Phoenix. It just might be a slower, more expensive process for them. They're, they obviously have some form of patron in the city. So somebody set them up to jail this guy the first time. So whoever that was is, is really the person that it would prop them up. And you don't know who who that is at the moment. Yeah. Is there any sort of stipulating clause in the contract for, uh, like, if a certain member of the family is able to just cancel the deal, like, they can default on behalf of the family, like a patriarch? Does someone have power of attorney, essentially, I feel like is what we're asking? So the, so the contract is signed by the... Not by the children, but by the parentals. So if one of the parents were to say, we can't, like, we're backing out, there would be no need for the wedding, and then that whichever family backed out would fall, like... Would default. Would default. Voluntary yeah. default. Yeah. So from what, from what Treasure was explaining to me before, on the Nightcrafters, there's four siblings now... Mm-hmm. But on the Duskwoods, there's something upwards of like seven or eight. No, there's. Hold on, I have them right here. Because I know she mentioned two of them specifically, but I can't remember if there was more than two or not. Two girls, two boys. There's Miski, there's the Isabella one. Miski, Zara, there's five, three boys. There's Miski, Zara. No, no, no. You're good. Thank you. Because I'm having trouble finding my paper of names. This is, I know uh, Miski because I'm going to climb her. Yep. Um, so there's Miski and Zara. Those are the girls. There is Generous. He is the presumed husband. Then there is... Uh, there's one with a G. Garion. Gar- Garlarian. Something like that. And... Um... And to be determined, Larkin. That's not Larkin, but that's what I got. Me, so, Zara, Larkin. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, right. I know. I know that we've. Yeah, I, I love I, it so much. <laughs> um, damn it, Co- I actually wrote them down. You're you're recovering from the COVID. It's okay. Dying. It's COVID fine. brain is real. COVID brain is so fucking real. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. Uh, Genefrian, Gazir, and Garmenos are the are the boys. Zahala and Miski are the girls. All right. So, 
since the contract is not specifying specific people. It just says whoever can fill the groom or the bride slot. Right. Yeah. Um, non-gender, non-gender specific. Before I was about to say, we can have gay husbands. States. We can have gay husbands. Can we have gay husbands? Please, please, please. If you want. Is yeah. your brother, like, kind of young, though? Um, Treasure's brother is the Jet, youngest. Is the youngest. I think, he, I think he's a little too young to get married. <laughs> he's, he's, like, in his teens. He's, like, 16. He's... So is it? Do we feel good about marrying off him, Jet, the sixteen-year-old? No, but no, honestly, no. we don't feel good about a lot of stuff that's, that's happened in this yes. case. So, so it's just you know one but, more thing. But it is. But it, they are not prepubescent. That at the that is at very least a line I want to draw. It's legal. Let's. <laughs> so, so from what I'm understanding, technically, we can get treasure out of this by putting in her younger sister. And then Ganafrian can go with that sister or his younger, one of his younger brothers or younger sister goes for that. And the deal stays there. It's just treasure can get backed out of it. Tre- That's so, one option I'm understanding. That So that is a option, but the, so what you, what you haven't seen is the reason none of the other brothers have married any of treasure's siblings is one the contract's already defaulted right so they're already benefiting from the default so they are in no rush to reestablish and in fact somebody paid the pale brothers not to capture treasure but to kill her because okay. Okay. and that and that is what Ganefrian said to her and explained that somebody wants them to remain in default. Now, the change is treasure wields blood burner out poker to a, a, a you know beholder and just save the Feywild. Yeah, the deeds that she's pulled off makes her more valuable right. in terms of what she treasure, was representing before. Treasure is worth them re going back and doing the regular contract. Right? But if Treasure never showed up, or if Treasure was just like drunk in a in a bar someplace and they found her, they wouldn't they because she was the original deal. They they're they get the Duskwoods get more if the Nightcrafters default. So they're in no rush. They're already in default. They they're in the better position. So only if it's treasure are they willing to go seemingly. Are they is that is the only thing that, that is making them willing to go back. So one potential plan. And this is just thinking out loud. Sure. Is if Treasure does agree to renegotiate the deal to nix the current one to get the Nightcrafters out of default to kind of set things back to even, but then the Duskwoods go into default to get her back out of it. That kind is- of like a like a shell game. Sure. Yeah. If you could do that. But I know at that point it'd be trying to figure out how to get the Dus Duskwoods to default since there'd be potentially five siblings to go with yeah and yeah what is the name of the 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 current 
patriarch or matriarch of the Duskwood family? It is. So uh, Rubius and Plata are the parents of treasure, and Malsus and Nithalia are the Duskwood. Because uh, we never got the mom's name last time. Yeah, mm-hmm. you didn't. Uh, Nithalia is... Uh, she is... She was born in Dis. She mm. is... She is like... Her parents are probably Cambians. Right? Like, she is... Damn. Damn. Yeah, I, she she is first generation Tifling. Tifling. No, Tifling. Either of them. Tifling. That's how the old bloods say it. <laughs> Either of them would have the power to voluntarily default on the contract. Um, or would it have to be both of them? Not that they I, would for any reason. Sure. Uh, what I, I will say one was possessed sure. by a person yeah. in a magic what, jar. <laughs> what I will say is what I will say Casually. is is this. Um you don't know this, but I will go ahead and fill you in for treasure's sake. Um from what she's told you and from your kind of reading of this situation, um Malsus probably cannot dissolve the contract by himself. It probably mm. requires either both of them or Nithlia specifically. Because she got it. She she holds the money. She holds the power. She is not a Duskwood, but she elevates them entirely. Um, and from what you know. Nithlia is probably a spellcaster of the highest order. Sure. So we could if we can if we if we can get any sort of Like, if the phoenix is indebted to us in any way for us freeing it, sure. and we're able to get it to be like, hey, n- not only, like, like it, it's not, like, don't ignore the Duskwood. Make sure that they're out of here. And they're, and they're immediately unable to supply their end of the bargain, not with the kids, but with all of the things that come with it, mm-hmm. as a way to, uh, if they get kicked out immediately... Or fucking killed outright by this powerful phoenix or whatever. Yeah, like that's to that is the the possibly the most direct way to deal with this without Treasure's family getting screwed over. Is my thought. The one thing that I would kind of point out with that is if we just remove the duskwoods duskwoods entirely off the map, like the phoenix just comes in and just swipes them all off that's going to be a power vacuum that might be worse for the Nightcrafters in the end. But there's it, already a coup from seven different angles on the well, plate. The power vacuum isn't going to matter anymore. There's already people in place trying to make that happen anyway. Well, and the Duskwoods so, also have a specific hold of power here in the city of Brass, whereas the Nightcrafters aren't. They aren't from here. Well, not only are they not from here, but they don't really... And this is Matthew just guessing based off of what little he has picked up and heard from being here. 
like from these last few sessions, that they don't particularly have a desire to be in the city of brass making stuff, more in the tiefling mob family magic crafting stuff, right? Or they, is that so? So the, how the night crafters ended up in the contract in, in the first place, you imagine it was they were probably strong armed into it. They okay. didn't. They didn't. weren't like, hey, we're gonna marry some duskwoods and get better in our life. That's just what they got out of it. Sure. Whereas the duskwoods are like, we need a foothold in a prime material plane. That family's gonna do. They've it. got a marryable daughter who seems inoffensive. They, I guess they, we'll pick them. They have a magical process that we want and/or need. So yeah. you can We can. We can. You know. Buy it out. Or so as long as as long as the night as long as the night crafters are kept safe yeah. and not caught in the crossfire of the phoenix getting rid of the duskwoods while they're here, even if it's not like the phoenix goes out and outright fucking ganks them all, <laughs> but is instead like, hey, you're banished from my city, get out. Yeah. As like far that could be a possibility. As far as you know, Talroth, there is no. Um, there are no there there are no distant duskwoods that you're aware of. There might be, right? But they would still have to fulfill the contract, and the contract would still be mutually beneficial to both parties. So, as far as your concern of if it, if these guys go away, do we end up with something worse? You, you definitely don't end up with something worse. You end up with, at, at worst, I guess, a lateral move. Right. For like a, for distant Duskwood cousin. If it exists, you're not sure. And now comes in the whole timing issue that you mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Because if the Phoenix is freed now, and then the contract is renegotiated, it could still be doable, but it might be trickier. Whereas sure. trying to get the contract done first might put them a little more on guard with the Phoenix to make that harder. The way I'm understanding it. Potentially. Yeah. I mean, it, it without, if you can, you know, they're, they're going to try to marry treasure. You know, if, if you, you guys want to wait for that to start or the planning for that to start, for that to be reestablished, right? That's, that's up to them, but they don't, um, other than knowing that Fable has a has a hard on for for uh, for freeing elementals, um, they don't particularly have a a. They're not on higher alert because you guys are are here. You have not tipped them mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. Um, yet. <laughs> Al- although you guys just wandering around, you know you have enough value for people to try dwarf to nap dwarf nap you. Yeah. Yep. Um, so. Can I ask a question? Uh, just as a DM. No? Okay. I got you, <laughs> Megan. Thank you. Oh, okay. You can ask everyone but Megan, apparently. Everybody she's opting but... out of the survey. Yes, she's, she, she's like, no. <laughs> no can make all the weird noises! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's up? Um, 
Damn, it's not allowed to ask questions. Thank you, thank you, Foxfire. Uh, <laughs> first time chat. First time chat. Yeah, that's the <laughs> way to enter the chat. That's the energy we need. <laughs> Welcome, hi. Um, I often worry that my plots are too uh, weird and/or convoluted. Uh, does it make sense? And is it interesting? That's my question. Yes. Yeah, again, I will tell, I, I'm going to briefly tell you what I've told you many times before. Possibly people can agree with me or tell me I'm full of shit. Um, the problem with multiple storytellers at a table is all of us will fill in our own plot holes and gaps when we only hear the baseline. We are all going to fill in our own stuff in our heads as to what is important or what is not important. It doesn't mean you're doing a bad job. It just means we're all creative people. Yeah, we're like, no, I, interesting. Like, yeah, you know, no, I, I yeah. know you guys are. It's it, it, That's just me wanting to make sure that... I am communicating effectively. That's yeah, that's my big yes. definitely. So definitely, right. I mean, it is it is uh, convoluted in the best of ways at the moment because we have made it so. I yes. appreciate um, it. So contract, so, <laughs> which is never straightforward. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like it's <laughs> it, it is it is going to be complicated and um, and really nitpicky and specific just because of the nature of it. But that right. doesn't make it any less interesting. I, yeah, as, so. as long as it's followable, that is, that is ultimately my, my hope is that it is followable and engaging. And that, yeah. that's what I wanted to check on. The moment you mentioned the city of brass, I already knew where this was going in terms of complexity. Yeah. So I've been getting these questions ready ever since you name dropped the city. Put well, it that there way. There we go. I appreciate you being prepared for it. So, yeah, that's why I picked up the forgery kit. That's why I've been asking about the contract stuff. It's like mm. I need to find any sort of loophole possible because Mars knows about City of Brass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talroth yeah. would have researched what he could, and mm -hmm. it's yeah. Sounds Hi, it was good. me. You talked to at Publix. Hello. Oh, Hi. Yay. <laughs> I I wore my I wore my rep shirt to Publix after my hair appointment, and I forgot to tell Cody when I got home. I made a new friend. Hi. Awesome. Hello. Welcome, new friend. Thank you guys for being here. Um, do you guys have any last minute questions or things you want to say? It is about time for us to wrap up this episode. What do you got, Taylor? I have one, and it's a question for Jealous from Taylor. Got it. Um, and it is, uh, as a, a thank you for the hospitality that us have shown us, is there a chance you could get just a gift to, uh, Nithlea? Just as a thank you. I, yes, of course, oh. that is something I can absolutely do for you. I appreciate that. That's, uh, we're not sure what would be suitable yet. My understanding is she is uh, somewhat versed in the arcane. Is that correct? She is the woman that has everything. For the woman that has everything. Um, we might have something by the morning for you. Uh, if you can arrange that for us. Of course. Uh, I'm not sure. I will have... We, need to put more thought into it. Thank you very much, sir. You're welcome. Please, get your rest. Move on. Again, thank you. Have a good evening. Yep. Leave At some you point, too. 
at some point, uh, Kenzie pulled Fable aside real quick mm-hmm. and handed her the 50 gold that she won from Talon. Uh, hey, um, you make sure this gets back to him. You think he'd even notice? That's so focused over there. Yeah, so if you just, you know, you want to, like, put it in his back pocket real quick or just in his bags or something. I'm going to hold on. I don't I don't want him to lose face from me. This is not charity, but I had no business, you know, taking it from him in the front. God damn it, shit. I keep rolling inside checks to see if Fable understands what you're doing because I have zingers for if she does, but failing yes. This is what this is what Kenzie's doing. I've been rolling all goddamn night to see if she knows. I've been trying so hard. I know nothing. Okay, great. I tried. Goddamn, I tried it. Um, I mean, I suppose I could. I, I, I should use it to buy him. He's gonna be up for a while tonight. I think I might. I might use it to buy him some treats. Yeah, uh, yeah. Treats are good. But just make sure he gets it. You know back a little bit. Alright. Right. I hope you sleep well. Yeah, you uh you too. <sighs> if I ever get to sleep. Well Yep. She just gotta go. <laughs> she don't know what to say at this point. Like she can't and honestly, as the sun closes on the second day. <laughs> God damn it, she's like checking her watch like maybe I should sit and Sing kiss the girl on the stairs or something. So that was the plan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fable does as she sits, well aware that if things go badly or if things change or if things whatever, that there's a possibility that she might find herself with no magic and no nothing uh, this time tomorrow. She just sits and listens to whatever whatever strange magical things Talon is doing and she asks him for details on all of it she asks and how'd you learn this spell and, and where is it from and what does it do and she just she absolutely is keeping her cool but she's also trying to absorb as much as she can while she can still hold on to the possibility that she could learn to do it someday Alright. What? And just, uh, if you do lose your magic, because I know it's a possibility, what I know can be taught and learned. It's difficult to get to where I am. It is an entire life of study and hard work. Well, I had an entire life of playtime and stories, so. Might be time for a change. If you'll have me as a student, that is. I've never taught, so I don't know how well I will do. I've never tried to learn, so I'm not sure how well I'd do. She kind of... I did not come to that. She kind of scoots a little closer and... shoulder to shoulder as she draws and, and works on whatever he's telling her about the whatever magic they're working on right now. This is Firebolt. (laughs) (laughs) I know that one, for fuck's sake. (laughs) 
<laughs> I just saw the cats chat. Fuck you guys. <laughs> well, with that, I believe we are going to bring our episode to an end. Uh, thank you guys for hanging out with us. We are going to set you up on a raid. Yay! Let's see. <coughs> um, okay, yeah. Is that the... Did you see my message, Caitlin? Yeah, and we're trying to spread it around. We're trying to... Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Well, guys, thank you for hanging out with us. We are going to see you guys uh, next time. Uh, but until then, be cool.